Welcome to the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Welcome to another edition of While You Are Single TV. I'm glad that you joined the program again tonight. I also encourage you to go to our website, whileyouaresingle.org. I have lots of resources that will be a blessing to you. You can also listen to the While You're Single podcast there, as well as on iTunes. All you have to do is go to iTunes and subscribe to the While You're Single podcast. Just look for the While You're Single podcast. All the same. Thanks for joining the program. We're going to have a great time tonight. First and foremost, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for another opportunity to hear from you tonight. I thank you for the individual watching right now. Thank you for making this session worth their while. Father, I ask that you open our hearts to heed your word, open our ears, to hear your word, open our eyes, to perceive your word, open our minds, to understand your word and give us the wisdom to apply your word into our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, uh, tonight I want to encourage you and let you know that it's coming. It's coming. You're like, what's coming? The relationship that you have been trusting God for, that you have been praying to God for, it is coming. I just want to encourage you tonight to let you know that it is coming. I know it's very frustrating waiting on God, waiting for God to manifest um, the love of your life into your life. I know it can be very frustrating. You've been told to pray. You've been told to trust God. You've been told to serve You've been told to go to church and do all those other things, you know, and you've done that for years. You've been faithful, and yet it seems like nothing has happened. For some of you watching right now, perhaps you've gone into numerous dates, but nothing amounted to anything. You feel like you wasted your time. You felt like, you know, nothing ever worked out, and you're very frustrated and and maybe even doubting about your chances of this happening for you. For some of you, perhaps nobody has ever asked you out. You never gone on a date. You've never had any opportunities and you're wondering if this is ever going to happen for you. Uh, Whichever case, I want to encourage you that it is coming. I also want to encourage you to whatever it is that perhaps God is dealing with you regarding, I encourage you to listen and allow God to finish his work on you. You might be like Adam in the Garden of Eden. God gave him an assignment there to take care of the garden, take care of the animals, and he was faithful in doing so. Maybe you feel like Adam. You feel like obviously you have a purpose and you feel like you're serving like Adam was serving in the garden. You're serving God. And just like Adam, you're looking around, hoping to get into a relationship, hoping to find somebody to marry. You're looking around and just like Adam, all you see are animals, dogs, goats, monkeys, pigs. And you're frustrated and wondering if this is ever going to happen for you because you don't see anyone suitable to be in relationship with. But I want to encourage you that it's coming. I've been there and, you know, I'm happily married now, thank God. But I know what it's like to trust God and to feel like you're doing what God is telling you to do. And, you know, you're trying to do things God's way. And it seems like nothing is happening for you. Obviously, you don't want to be overly spiritual. I've addressed that in the past. There's some practical things that perhaps you want to do. You have your part 
and God has his part. But I do not want to overemphasize your part because as human beings, we tend to go to the extreme. Either we're running around, trying to do everything, trying to date everybody, trying to try every opportunity to be in a relationship, or we go to the other extreme, being overly spiritual, sitting on your couch, nothing is ever happening. You're not doing anything. You're just praying and sitting on the couch and expecting somebody to drop on your lap. We need to be somewhere in the middle. You know, if you're going to do anything, you just want to make sure it's inspired and directed by God. Opportunities open up even without you looking for it. And, you know, you want to take advantage and just be, be led um, by God's spirit. Sometimes just practical things, you know, if people ask you out or opportunities are there before you for you to mingle and, you know, meet people and stuff like that. You, you can take advantage of it and just allow God to direct you every step of the way. Either way, I just want to encourage you that God is in control. So going back to Adam's story, you know, here he is in the garden and he does not see anyone that he's going to be in relationship with. All he sees are animals. And like you, you might just see everyone around you in church or uh, in, in an environment where you feel like you're supposed to meet somebody. It's like no one looks like they're suitable for you. But it's funny how your eyes could be wide open and yet God has closed your eyes from seeing who he wants. I can certainly say that about myself. I was around my wife for four years, served with her for about four years and had no clue whatsoever that she was going to be my wife. And you could be in that same situation. You're around whoever God has for you, but your eyes may be wide open in the natural, but closed in the spiritual. And sometimes that happens because we already have in our mind what or who we think God is going to bring to us. We have in our mind what the person is going to look like, how the person is going to sound, the kind of career the person is going to have. We already have that set in our minds. And because we have that set in our minds, that picture that is not God's plan is blocking our vision. And God may have placed someone around you that he wants you to have, but because you have that in your mind, it's blocking your vision from seeing whomever God has for you. And that's why I guess we're supposed to be renewed in the spirit of our mind so that we can know God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. I believe that's in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Nevertheless, I want to encourage you. You know, I know my story and, you know, the serious events that kind of helped bring me to my wife. Obviously, I was serving with her for like uh, four years, we were involved in church and I was involved in a series of classes, two in particular. I led one class and the other I was um, helping out in the other class. And we, we both served in both classes and we were around others for four years. I went to the church to do a song and I met a gentleman there. And the gentleman, you know, he knew um, the church I attended and he asked me if I knew a particular lady my wife now. Her name is Dana and she he asked me if I knew who Dana was. and I say, yeah, I, I I knew who she was. And at the time I was, I was, I guess God was opening my eyes a little bit at that time. And I was beginning to contemplate and consider that, okay, you know what? Maybe she is the one and maybe I need to talk to her. And this guy pops up out of nowhere and asks me if I knew who she was. And I say, yeah. And I was like, hmm. So nevertheless, you know, after that, meeting that individual, I, I reached out to Dana you know, and uh, I sent her a text again, we were serving together, you know, because we were serving together, you know, we were in contact with each other as it pertains to the ministry 
and so I, I sent a text today and I was like, hey, so, you know, you didn't say nothing to us, you know, you, 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 you're seeing somebody, you didn't say nothing. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I told her about the gentleman and she was like, she told me that, no, they weren't dating or things like that. So on the one hand, you know, I wanted to find out, you know, if there was anything going on with the gentleman. On the other hand, I, I, I wanted to know if she was dating somebody and she said, uh, she wasn't. So I remember trying to talk to my wife and, you know, I needed to say something to her and guys, I want to encourage you, especially some of my good Christian men out there who are interested in women around you. You got to say something, bro. You can't just hope that she's going to know that you're interested. You got to step up and you have to say what you have to say. It doesn't mean she's going to agree. It's part of the process. She may say no, or she may say yes. But if you don't say anything, the answer is always going to be no. So you got to say something. So obviously I had to speak to Dana and, you know, ask her out and see what happens, you know. And I remembered I was in a class that I, one of the classes that I led and I was going to talk to her right after the class. And, but there were a lot of people there. I did not want anybody to know. And basically when I approach a lady, usually in a church environment, I usually, um, like to let them know that we don't want anybody to know about this. The reason I'm saying that was because I served in, in, in some ministries in church, some people considered me a leader. And the way a leader is looked at when they try to get into a relationship and somebody else who is not really visible or who is not in the church public eye is looked at is different. Um, leaders tend to be scrutinized more. Um, if things don't work out in the relationship, there could be a lot more blowback than when somebody who is not really considered a leader gets into a relationship and things don't work out it's you know it's not a big deal but when someone like me who is in front of people and who is considered a leader especially in a, a single adult ministry type environment if i go out with somebody everybody's going to know about it everybody's going to make assumptions about it everybody's already, already trying to uh, get us married and if it doesn't work out you know it could be devastating um, not only to myself and to other individuals, but to the people coming to the ministry, they start questioning my integrity and questioning uh, the validity of things that we talk about in that environment. So I had to be very careful. So by not letting people know, I wanted me and the other party to really figure out what we're doing. And when we're really serious, then we can become public about it, as opposed to if this was never going anywhere in the first place, why make it public and potentially cause things that could disrupt the integrity and the vision of the ministry itself. So I wanted to talk to Dana quietly where nobody knew what was happening. And if we figured out that things were going in the right direction, then uh, we could proceed. Unfortunately, guys and women think differently. I can see how some women could think that, you know, if a guy does not want anybody to know that you are about to talk to them and stuff like that, they think I'm trying to creep I'm trying to play or I'm trying to fool around and that kind of a thing. But that was not my mindset. I just wanted to protect her and protect myself and protect the ministry as a whole. Nevertheless, I was in the class, wanted to talk to her. There are people around. I couldn't talk to her and I was freaking out. I was like, no, it's not like I didn't have any other chances, but I wanted to do it that day on Sunday. I didn't want to wait another week for another opportunity to talk to her because we usually met in church and all that kind of stuff. And again, we were serving together. So the class ended, you know, everybody was kind of together and I was like, you know what, this might have to happen another day. So I was leaving the class and she happened to be leaving the class, but other people were leaving the class as well. So I was like, you know, what can I do? So I got into the elevator 
she also got into the elevator and I was like, wait, here's another opportunity. And a third person got into the elevator. One of my, one of my wife's best friends, she got into the elevator. Her name is Didi. And Didi got into the elevator and I'm saying to myself, oh my goodness, she's about to mess things up. Didi was one of my wife's best friends and is still one of her best friends. And they used to be roommates at the time. And so I'm in the elevator. My wife is, I mean, at the time she was not my wife, but she was saying some things. I was really paying much attention because I was ticked off that Didi was messing things up. So I'm there kind of having a private conversation with God, like, God, come on, man, you got to do something here. And right on cue, Didi stopped at the second floor. We were going to the first floor. And we were coming from the third floor, I think. And she stopped at the second floor and she just, she didn't even walk out. She ran out. I was blown away. I was like, is this for real? Is this for real? I was, I just, I was just saying privately, God, you got to do something. And Didi just stopped on the second floor and she bolted right out. And I'm like, wow, this hasn't really happened for me to come. Like, I was so excited. I said it, I said out loud in the elevator, thank you, Jesus. My wife didn't really know what was going on. She was just chilling. I, I just walked up. I just, I just turned to her and I was like, Hey, how about dinner and a movie? My wife didn't say yes. She didn't say no. She said sure. She didn't say sure because she was sure. She said, sure, because that's what popped out of her mouth, you know? And I told her, I said, don't let anybody know about this. And I told you why I said that to her already. Just keep it on the wraps. We need to know what's going on between us first, or if anything is even going to happen between us before we make it public. She was like, cool, no problem. Even though chances were in her head, as I discovered later, she was thinking maybe, you know, I was trying to creep around or maybe I had other ideas or whatever the case may be. Well, Six years into the marriage, she knows otherwise now. Nevertheless, we agreed to go out on a date. And that was back in 2011. And uh, we did go on the date. And prior to the date, it's funny because, you know, here was a great opportunity for the first time in my life. Yeah, you heard me correctly. For the first time in my life, I actually asked somebody out. I got the opportunity to ask them out and they agreed and I had in my mind the way it was going to happen as far as taking her out on a date. At the time, we're just going to go for dinner and we're going to go for a movie. I had this picture where I was going to drive to her place and, you know, knock on her door. And she steps out looking good and smelling good. And we walk up to my car and I open the passenger side and she sits down and we drive to the place and have a great time. Well, it didn't happen like that. You know why? Because she did not want to ride with me to the date. She wanted to come by herself. That completely threw me off. Every plan as far as how it was going to happen, the first part of that plan went down the toilet. I was confused. But I kept my cool and looked at the bigger picture. You have an opportunity to go on a date with this remarkable woman, don't blow it just cause she said she did not want to ride with you to the date. I don't know if this is you. If you want to get to that point where you get into a relationship and get to the altar, do not sabotage what God is doing because of your idea of how you want things to happen. 
Because at the end of the day, it is not a big deal. The big deal is getting to the altar and staying happily married there. You know what I'm talking about? So don't blow it. I can't imagine how many people have sabotaged something that God has brought to bless their life because of a little inconvenience or something that has nothing to do with God's plan. You had it in your mind that this is what they're supposed to say here. This is what they're supposed to do here. This is how it's supposed to happen. And once it doesn't happen, you lose your cool. You you let your emotions take over and you jeopardize what God was trying to do for you. So I looked at the bigger picture. I kept it cold because I was like, why does he want, why doesn't she want to ride in the car with me? I had no idea why. If I had made a big deal of that incident, I probably won't be married to her now. And knowing what I know now, married to her, that will have been the dumbest thing I will have done in my life. We went for the date. We had a great time. We had great conversations. Then we went for the movie. Had a good time. After the movie, we got to the parking lot of the movie. Now, I'm a dude. I'm a guy. I'm a guy's guy. I'm a typical dude. I think like a man and I don't act like a woman. I just think like a man. I'm a dude, you know. And guys and women, they think differently. Generally speaking, they, we just we think differently. If you want to have a successful relationship, a successful marriage, you need to have that in your wallet or your purse that guys and women generally think differently. Understand that, embrace that, take advantage of that. Don't exploit it, but take advantage of that. Be aware. So do not read into things more than you need to. Like I told you earlier, as a guy, I know why I'm telling the lady, hey, let's keep this on the wraps. She is thinking like a lady. She's trying to creep. Guys and women think differently. You need to come together and explain yourself. That's why we need to communicate. Nevertheless, I told her right from the get-go, dinner and the movie. So when Tokes tells Dana, dinner and the movie, Tokes means dinner and the movie. But you know how some women think dinner and the movie probably means dinner, movie, a vacation, a spa treatment, a massage day, talk all day, talk all night. Nah, that's not what I said. I said dinner and a movie. We've had dinner and we watched the movie. Time for me to be Patrick Swayze. It's an old school slang for saying I'm ghost. I'm out of here. I'm done. I've done my part for the night, time for me to go home. So we're in the parking lot and I was about to be gone. I said, good night, thanked her for the date. I want to get in my car and jet home. I noticed she was just standing by the driver's side door. She didn't get into the car and I'm, and I'm standing there flabbergasted, wondering, okay, what is she waiting for? I mean, we've watched dinner, we've watched movies, we've said good night, time for me to get in my car and be gone. But she's standing there with her keys still in her hands and she's not in the car. And I'm thinking to myself, the only thing in my guyish mind that made any sense 
based on all the chick flicks I've watched and all the stuff about relationships the world puts out there, I'm like, she wants me to kiss her goodnight? That's the only thing that resonated in my mind. And I'm thinking to myself, number one, I wasn't going to do that. And again, this is not a knock on other people and the people are different. And it doesn't mean you don't love God or you're not doing things God's way. Things are different. I just chose not to do it because it was the first date. I chose not to do it because I didn't knew I did not know her well enough. I just didn't feel personally for me that that's something I wanted to do. That will come later, which you know eventually it did when we got married. And <laughs> don't even worry about that. Again, people are different. But it didn't make any sense to me. Why would she want me to kiss her? She didn't even want to get in my car to bring her to the date. And now she wants me to kiss her. It made no sense. Nevertheless, she got the cue that Tokes was not relenting because we had dinner in the movie. So she went home and I went home. So when I got home, first thing I did was call because you know what it is over the years studying to be a married person and trying to study human behavior and study how women think and how women are just to ensure that when I get married, I'm in a better transition. I can better handle the marriage scenarios. I've come to understand that, you know, in some cases when women go on a date, they go home, they want to know how things went and they want to know if there's a chance for something else to happen. So it was interesting that when she gets home, I told you she and Didi, they were roommates, you know, she had a conversation. Didi asked her how, well, based on what she told me, you know, like, how did it go? She said it went well, but she wasn't sure what was going to happen next. You know, that window of, okay, what's going to happen here? You know, uh, women don't like to be in limbo. Guys don't want like to be in limbo either, you know? So once I got home, first thing was I called her up. I said, hey, thank you. I had a good time. I was wondering if we could do it again. I, I followed up with her, you know, so that was cool. And obviously we are married now. Okay. I just want to address two things. Number one, why she didn't want to get in the car with me. And number two, why she was standing by the car and not leaving immediately. I told you men and women think differently. Nope. She wasn't thinking about kissing me. That was the last thing on her mind. Again, she was thinking we had a little bit more time to talk. So she was wondering if, you know, we could go somewhere and, you know, have a conversation and talk more. And I'm not a talker. I know that's surprising to you. My only, my talk comes when I minister, when I speak in events. That's when I talk. Beyond that, I'm real chill and laid back. And that comes as a huge surprise to people who are only familiar with me as a speaker. So, um, I didn't know that's why she was standing. I thought she wanted me to kiss her. Nope. She didn't want me to kiss her. She just wanted to hang out more and chit chat a little bit more. That out of the way. Why didn't she want to get in the car with me to go to the date? Because she felt if things did not work out during the date, she did not want to be stuck in the car with me with things being awkward between us. Or worse still, I decide not to take her back home. It is sad that some guys do that, but it made a lot of sense. Imagine if I blew this great opportunity that God brought to me because of that little thing that did not go according to my plan. It makes me wonder how many people have blown life-changing opportunities for themselves because of a little thing 
in their mind that is a big deal. Oh, he didn't say this or he didn't do this. Or he said that and he, he, she said that and whatever the case may be. And don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Thank God I didn't blow that opportunity. Because what she said makes sense and perhaps it might be a tip for some of the ladies watching right now to have in mind. She did not want to be in an awkward situation. Things worked out perfectly well. If I had taken her, that would not have been a situation. Maybe I need to thank her because <laughs> if I had taken her, I may have been stuck talking to her all night. <laughs> Nevertheless, I want to encourage you. God hasn't forgotten you. It's coming. Okay. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege to share your word tonight. Thank you for the individual watching. Thank you for bringing to them who you do have for them. Help them not complicate what you have simplified. Help them not jeopardize what you are bringing before them. I pray that even if their eyes are open um, and it's closed to who and what you have for them, I ask that you open their eyes, Lord. Uh, I pray that you do a work in them like you did with Adam to um, see who you do have for them and put your words in their mouth, teach them what to say, um, orchestrate their activities, teach them what to do, uh, not to jeopardize who you have for them and make it happen for them in Jesus' name. Thank you for doing this for them. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for watching. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you were informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.